0: (coughs) Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome. My name is Laura Wighter, I am the host of Your Money and Your Mindset, where each week we have a little topic to talk about and think about and today it is about money and women. And the way women deal with money, or not deal with money. So, um, for people who are familiar with Camila Mendoza, we're going to say welcome again, Camila, one of our favorite guests, to come back on this show to give us her insights uh, on uh, this business of why women sometimes shy away from dealing with money, talking about money, and managing their own money. So, we've got uh, Camilla here. Now, just to give you a bit of background, uh, Camilla was recently in New York City running a whole bunch of awesome workshops called Money Mastery for Women. Is that right, Camilla? That's
1: absolutely right, Norway. Yes, and
0: uh, she's going to talk about, really, uh, her experience and all the takeaway message for women Um, And it turns out that there is not much difference between women in America and women in Australia when it comes to um, not talking about money. But before that, I'd like to say hello to the people Stickem, Blog TV, Real Coaching, Radio TV, Receiver, Internet Radio, Radio Roku, New Media, and Partners, Stitcher. Welcome, everybody. Now, you realize this is a live and interactive show, so that if you've got any questions for Camilla who also has a background in finance, so she knows what she's talking about, Um, please email, uh, Skype, or type in the message in the chat room. So welcome, Camilla Mendoza. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you, Laura. It's lovely to be here again. Okay, so now for the benefit of people who are dropping in on the show for the first time, just quickly give us a background about yourself and how you found
1: yourself running Money Mastery for Women. Great. Well, I um, <clears throat> used to be a finance broker. I was um, living in a fairly high socio-demographic area of Sydney, up in the northern uh, beaches. And I uh, was helping a lot of women um, to become divorced, I guess. I you know, <laughs> put it in a nutshell. It was the way it was working. And I seemed to be attracting women who needed help in separating from their partners. And um, I was absolutely horrified—not just actually women who were separating from their partners, but in my role as a finance broker and going out into homes and talking to couples and getting them to to talk about their finances, asking them to, to show me their various you know uh, statements, statements, right? etc. And what a mess everything was in. And for so many women that I came across, um, they I really got that they were completely and utterly disempowered around money. They'd often say, "Oh no, my my husband takes care of that." The women who were coming into to um, you know looking to help me uh, get them me help them divorce i was just gobsmacked by how little and how comp- stopped they were by the whole conversation oh and look i don't really know and and very very unsure and un, un- um, Um, disempowered around what they were doing with their money. A lot of them thought they had more than they had. Um, The husbands, obviously, have been managing the finances. Not just divorced women too, but also women who perhaps um, their partners have died. I've actually met women. You've never, ever, ever paid a bill. Um, now, I know that sounds absolutely ludicrous, but, you know, you may say, oh, well, she must have, you know, like the queen, have someone else carrying her money for you. <laughs> but you can imagine when somebody in that role suddenly loses their partner, um, has to hand things mm-hmm. over to, you know, they're completely and utterly disempowered. And it and it's very, very, very sad. It's actually really alarming to watch.
0: Okay, you say uh, disempowered. Can I use the word also in denial?
1: Absolutely in denial. In denial is, 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 yes, absolutely you can use the word in denial.
0: Wow. Uh, and so it's almost like uh, due to circumstances, the, the universe or the greater power has decided these women need to basically um, smarten up.
1: Yes and no. I think we're we're in a very very different society than we were when well certainly when I was a girl. I grew up in a, in, a, in in London. Um, my mother was a model. My father was you know fairly he was working, and. I grew up in a society where it was considered unfeminine and unladylike, and actually downright rude to discuss money. So to ask how much things cost, or to actually have that conversation about money, my father used to tell me I had to save 10%. But um, mm. other than that, that was about the conversation I got. So for me, growing up, and I'm now 53, so you know, mm. many many women of the same generation as me um, grew up in a society where we were basically it was a two it was a two parent family. The father The mother went to work, the mother stayed home and looked after the children my my education as a child was to learn how to cook and so I can balance a book from here to that tree and my head and back like I mean how useful is that so I was never encouraged really to go to university certainly in, in my day when I left school all those years ago um, I was sent to finishing school and then to, to secretarial college and it was basically where I was it was sort of the waiting room until my knight in shining armor would come down and rescue me and take me and marry me and we'd create a home together now for many women of my generation certainly the baby boomer generation um, you know that, that, that bubble has well and truly burst and um, statistics show that by the year 2020 there's going to be a l- new level of poverty not just here in Australia but all over the world mm. and I'm talking in the first in the first industrialized world countries,
0: yeah. Yeah. and
1: that is women retiring well here in Australia it's on less than 20,000 a year and I was talking to Kim Kiyosaki the other day in America and she said that in America it's less than 10,000 a year and that is because women have had to you know there's a well you know the divorce rate is incredibly yeah. high and women are really struggling, really, really struggling. And it's, and it's not just, you know, not just poor and, 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 you know, women who are on welfare and things like that. It's, it's women across all demographics um, who are, you know, coming to terms with their finances and going, well, hang on a second. Am I really going to be able to maintain my standard of living now until the day I die? And, of course, we're all living longer, so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the years roll on.
0: Yeah, so it's it's interesting that you mentioned uh, Kim Kiyosaki. For people who don't know, that is Robert Kiyosaki's wife, the person who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and a whole series of books of educating the average American and anybody else in the world who's bothered to pick up one of his books about the, I guess, the follies of thinking that you are financially secure if you have a job. Um, And so Kim Kiyosaki was was somebody who, who basically also twigged that to have a job is not in. You're not putting no. yourself in a good place. It's actually very vulnerable. And she's one of the new breed of women who decided to take matters into her own hands. Really, isn't it? And it's, this is what your 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 workshops are about: getting yeah. women to start taking matters in their own hands in terms of their finances.
1: Well, Laura, if I can interrupt you there, I think it's more about starting to value, like starting to value first of all yourself mm. and. And then value, uh, so you put a higher importance on how you're going to take care of yourself. Now, for many women, the thought of putting themselves first mm. is absolutely, you know, it's something that they're not that comfortable with, okay? So for, for men who go out into the world, money for them the way they value money is a source of power it's a sort of status all those things that a lot of men want to buy lets other men go look at me look at me look at me aren't I great a man walking into a new job the first thing he'll ask is remuneration how much how much am I going to get paid For most women, money, the way they value money is a sense of security and of being able to be feel safe and secure, okay? So for us, money is, is simply about keeping a roof over our head, food on the table, and making sure that our families are nurtured. Way back from the day of cavemen, you know, men were the providers and women were the nurturers. That's just what's in our DNA, and yes it's it's still very much there, but for many women now we've got to understand that the rules have changed, and the and the line between provider and nurturer has definitely you know Blood, meld, yes. blurred, and there are many men out there who are the nurturers, and there are many women out there who are the providers but for for a lot of women, just that basic sense that Sorry, when they have children, they want to be home looking after yes. them. So in which case, someone else has to provide. And one of the things that I'm seeing so much, certainly with, with the old, the baby boomer generation, is they're constantly giving. They don't value themselves highly enough. So they're giving to their children. They're giving of their time, effort and energy to everyone else around them and so in the end they left they're left with nothing and so in the case of money if you don't start valuing yourself and your energy or your output in the world and ask for um Equal remuneration for what you give out is what you get back. Do you understand? For for us, uh, well, we're not going to get too convoluted here, but money is simply a source of exchange. So what I give you, you give back to me in exchange. And it has to be of equal value. But for many women, they're out there giving of themselves, giving to charities, giving to their children, giving to their partners, giving, 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 and not getting back. And in, in, and in, in many cases, money now is a form of exchange and they don't get money back
0: is it not getting back or not knowing how to receive without feeling guilty
1: yes there's a lot of that as well but many women it's not even on their agenda when I do my workshop and one of the one of the one of the first things we do in day one is looking at your values what's important to you and for many women that you know money is way down at the bottom of the list and I sort of say to them hey girls you know, if you don't have money up there high on your list of values, and by values, I mean the things that are important to you, where your, where your thoughts go, your energy flows. So if you don't have money and, and the obtaining of money in order to secure for your own self and well being high up there on your list of values, you know, you can have all the financial strategies you like. You can speak to any financial advisor you like about what to invest in, what not to invest in. But if money isn't high up there on your list of importance, it's just not going to come to you it's not going to flow to you or it's going to disappear in the you know you're going to lose it and I've had women say to me when we talk about this in the workshop and they say oh I really wanted to put money up there but I didn't think it was a you know a ladylike or the right thing to do I mean it's 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 bizarre but I understand it because I was in the same boat absolutely
0: how old were these women who said Uh, it wasn't ladylike were they of a certain no
1: all across the board there were even women you know women of all ages and all demographics come to my workshop and um, these were some girls who were you know 25, 30 and actually I was quite surprised because I know times have changed and I understand that the the young girls of today certainly my own daughter are much more money savvy Mm. than we ever were um, at that age but I do think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that they understand that life is actually harder now and that you know things cost more and they want more Mm -hmm. so they're going to have to earn it and work for it but no all across the board obviously it's high in in my demographic but you know, there were definitely, definitely the young kids who come in say the same sort in of things. In the twenties. Well.
0: So mm. the, just, just we uh, were talking before off air about where these women were from. Can you just, just, give us a list? They were from New York and no,
1: no. Well, I've been running my workshop now all around the country, as you know, for the last three or four years. not like
0: the ones in, in America. And, and then
1: like. I went to America. I was actually invited by some girlfriends of mine. I used to live in New York in my youth, and um, some girlfriends of mine said to me, "Come over and let's and let's see." Mm. My goal, Loi, just to to put it in here is to be able to run these workshops to all women everywhere in the world because I thought, well, let me give it a try in New York. Let me just see if this actually works. And and I was absolutely delighted to, to, to learn that the women in Manhattan, and, and obviously they are women from Connecticut and New Jersey who came to the workshop, um, they're just the same as Aussie women. There's no difference. There's no difference. And I know when I go to London, I'm, I'm English, so I've got a lot of family over there. They say the same thing. Why can't you bring this information to us over here? And I said, well, sit tight. We'll get there one day. But <laughs> it was great to see how exact because I'm not talking about anyone from any particular demographic level the woman going out there buying a closet full of shoes that she's never ever going to wear is no different to the woman that goes out and buys um you know I don't know maybe food for her cupboard or things that she buys in excess maybe food's not probably such a good example but handbags no they're, they're the sort of anyway when you are in pain and you spend on pain relief in other words shoes or something that you buy maybe lollies or sweets or something it doesn't matter how much money you have the pain is still there and you're still buying unnecessarily so the the lessons that I teach whether you're extremely wealthy or not so wealthy it it runs across Mm. the board and that was a really good thing to learn because the women in Manhattan obviously are of a certain socio-demographic and so I was wondering would I actually appeal to them as well and I did and they 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 loved the workshop they were equally as um left with as equal amount of information and knowledge and tools and strategies that I gave them um for their own lives, as were the women who perhaps weren't so. Okay, well
0: off. W- were these women professional women as well? In other words, you know, they they, they were managers, they were executives, they they had staff, they managed staff.
1: Um, not so much. I must say that the women who are attracted to my workshop are often women who are in some way shape or form feeling very vulnerable around money um the women um to be honest uh, i had a number of women who were, were married who mm-hmm. came and who were married to fairly wealthy men and who felt very disempowered the man earns the money he calls the shots and some of the strategies that i teach women is how to ask your husband how to gain um how to uh to um gain to get get some control back around the money without thinking without him thinking that you're going to be running off with someone else soon so (laughs) you know
0: we've just got a little note here that says we are being featured on blog tv so hi blog tv (laughs) thank (laughs) you very much for putting us on so you guys out there on blog tv now that i know you're watching you've got questions for camilla mendoza who is an expert when it comes to sorting out women and their money issues skype in Type into the chat room, okay? Camilla's here for the next, um, yeah, 30 minutes or so still. So if you've got any questions, blog TV people, do do type in because this is an interactive show and while she's on, you, you've you got her on tap and um, she's a <laughs> font of information.
1: Uh, she's also qualified to give financial advice no i'm not and that was something i'm going to say i'm not a financial advisor girls and i will not be giving you financial advice i'm not going to tell you what to do with your money there are a million and million people out there who will tell you what to do with your money when you finally have it mine is more about the mindset i guess strategies on how to do certain things around money so i won't give financial advice don't ask me which share to invest in (laughs) No, you've got to do your own homework there. Yes, but, absolutely. But
0: what um, Camilla can do is basically identify the sorts of self-limiting beliefs around money. Because this is what I'm hearing, that women who say, no, 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 money's not for me, obviously feel as though they are not quite deserving of money, but also somewhere along the line got told this line that it is rude to talk about money
1: because you're a woman. Yeah, it's amazing. And I I get it because it was me, absolutely me. And it wasn't until my marriage ended and I suddenly had to take control of the finances. And I went, oh, I mean, I budgeted like every woman, you know, they say, oh, you get these men who say, oh, but my wife is very good with money because she manages the family budget. Well, he puts a thousand bucks a month in her in her, um, you know, bank and account, and she spends it. Well, of course, she she knows what she's doing it because she's the one buying the shopping and paying, you know, doing paying the bills. So, in that sense, yes, women are, are good at money, but that's more that's more learning how to add up and subtract. Really, more than anything, I'm talking about that fundamental um, belief in yourself that comes with. Um, success okay so when you know that you can ride a bicycle you you don't know how to do it at first and then you learn how to ride a bicycle and eventually become a bike rider right so you know it's this level of success for many women um, they haven't had success with money from the outset they haven't had it hasn't been something ingrained in them you must go out you must do the like my brothers they were encouraged as children to go and get jobs okay so so my brothers who are the same sort of in the same age bracket as me they were always working and out there and being very Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial they were making surfboards and my little brother was collecting coke cans and whatever and my Mm -hmm. father used to say them great 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 I was the one that sort of stayed at home and helped my mother do the chores and I used to earn money by doing chores around the house they were sent out to go and find outside Mm -hmm. sources of income now look you know I I get that this was 30, 40 years ago, but in, in a way, in a sense, I never I never learned how to be on, entrepreneurial. So for me, that need to go and earn money, that push to drive. go and, to drive and to achieve success with money from an early age. So by the time I was 35 or 40 and my marriage ended, even though I'd managed money in the household, I didn't have that real... Um, uh, Hunger? Hunger? No, not a hunger. I didn't feel confident with money. I didn't feel confident that I could sit down with a financial advisor, or sit down with a mortgage broker, or sit down. You know, they. I'd sit there with my husband, and and I'd get very confused about all the ta- language and terminology, and I just think, oh, well, I let my husband. You know, he. Mm. This is more his thing type thing, and and that was what was so disempowering, and and over the years it kind of built up and built up. So unless you start having little wins, and, and when I coach. With and I, I do coaching as well, as you know, and one-on-one coaching is to set women up for for, for, for winning and, and you start to have little wins with okay, money. Okay, well, it's,
0: it's on, a, on a very practical term, I'm sure people out there are going, okay, I will get the big picture, like you, you've got to start having, seeing little successes and you build upon that so you get your confidence level up. For a woman who's, let's get the worst case scenario, she's just divorced, she's got a mountain of bills to pay, she, she hasn't balanced a checkbook and well, since she got married. How do you get somebody there to get a win?
1: How do I get someone to get a win? Well first of all the first thing that we need to do is to empower her around the what well, I call the what-so, what is now. So I get them to go and do a statement of expenditure now. Um, I get them to really start to set up bank accounts in a way that makes it much more um, much more uh, easy to handle. Mm-hmm. I um, encourage women um, to open what I call a prosperity account, and, which is where you pay yourself first. So on a universal level, you are telling the universe that for all my, what well, I call it my wattage, what I put. Put out into the world I deserve to be paid first I did need to be to deserve to be paid before the, the, the you know the butcher the baker the candlestick maker and that's a very big part of wealth creation as far as I'm concerned is letting the universe know, letting God or whatever you want to call it, him, her, whatever, know that you are worthy enough to be paid first. So a percentage of all I earn goes directly into that account. And 10%? I, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. But it has to be a percentage. You can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to put 50 bucks a week in. It has wow. to be a percentage of all you earn. So even if all you can start with is or one of a percent, if that's all your budget allows... Uh, then you put 0.1 of a percent. But you have to put 0.1 of a percent in of every single dollar that comes into your account. And then, of course, as you start to live without that 0.1 of a percent, you can make it 0.2 of a percent, 0.3 of a percent. Mm. So you creep up that way, okay? So when I first started, when I was doing this work at, at the time, single mother, two kids, blah, 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 you know, very difficult, but I started to pay myself first. And it's magical what happens. It's magical what happens when you let you know and the universe know and it's more about your own this is building your self-confidence knowing that that little nest egg of money and and by the way girls that is different from a savings account your savings account implies that you're saving for something so that's all fine as well whether it's a holiday or a new car or whatever this is your covenant with the universe this is you telling god that i deserve to be paid first that i deserve to to have money that is mine and mine alone and there's a sort of a a strategy that we do with that prosperity account also <laughs> Sorry, and... Um where any money that you earn from it, so let's say after a while you put it into a short-term deposit, let's say you have you know, $1,000 saved up, then any in- interest that comes in goes back into that account. If eventually you have enough to buy an investment property, then any uh, any earnings from that investment property go back into that account. Do you understand? So it's okay. literally your account. So that's one really good strategy. And I promise you, women email me all the time and say, since I've opened my prosperity account, money seems to be coming from all sorts of areas. And, and I I can attest to that you know where you find money on the street I've never been lucky finding money on the street suddenly when I started to do that money was just showing up everywhere checks and things were, I'd find things and little wins anyway all that money by the way girls goes into your prosperity account
0: and do you say thank you when you say
1: absolutely that? thank you because the universe doesn't know what money is like if I pick up every little coin that I find even if it's a one cent coin or a five cent coin the universe is throwing money it's my thing that the universe is throwing money yeah. at me okay they He doesn't know the difference between a 5-cent coin and a $10 coin. To him, it's just money. It's an exchange. So if I find any money um, anywhere lying around, find it on the street... I absolutely thank you, and I'm very careful with my money. I look after my money. I don't leave it lying in the console of my car or scattered around in bowls all around my house. Or, or obviously, you have a little money bowl where you know you keep your coins, and then when you have enough, you take it to the bank. It really is about starting to care for money as if it was a child, as if it was a plant that you want to nurture and grow, and and. You know, you you leave a plant out to the elements. You don't feed it. You don't look after it. You don't water it, etc. And of course, it's not going to thrive. It's going to wither. Yeah. Yeah. If you start to really put money high on your list of values and start to honour it and value it and, and and really look after it in every way, shape, and form, even if you don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. Just making sure you know where your money's going. Watching your spending. We'll start doing spending diaries. Looking, you know, for a couple of weeks every night. Sit down right by your bedside how much money you've spent every day. And not just what you've spent at the shops, but every time you've gone through a toll or bought a cup of coffee or, you know, bought something online or whatever, have a look and see how much you spend. What happened to me is that I would, originally, you know, when I was married and didn't really have much focus on money, I would take $100 out or a couple of hundred dollars out or whatever it was and it was going to last me the week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, suddenly by Wednesday, boom, it was gone. And I had no concept. You know, I'd sort of think back and go, oh, yeah, well, there's that went there and I went took Woolies and I bought this. and But I really didn't have a concept of where the little dollars was, you know, where the little money went you to. You didn't
0: keep crappy spending. So now people out there Sorry, on I'm blog TV, with- if, you, if you were like that... This is a good time. What Camilla's just told you has been an invaluable money tip or um, a habit to, to cultivate, and that is keeping track of your spending. And I'm not talking about being being stingy. I'm just saying, without any judgment, track your spending, write it down what you've been doing with your money for the week, and then it becomes very clear where, it, where it's going to. And I think the next step you're going to say is, Why are you spending it on such and such?
1: No, I'm not. What I'm going to say is that... It, what it does is it shifts your level of consciousness it's awareness. like any uh, your awareness uh, yeah your awareness okay your consciousness your awareness so where once I didn't know where my money went I knew where the big dollars went you know the woolies and things but I didn't know where the little stuff went and when you start to, to shift your awareness on every time you open your purse where is that money going mm-hmm. now I can literally at the end of the week know literally where every single cent has gone because my awareness and my focus on the money going out out of my purse is much more um, much more important to me, or it's much more in my conscious. Like when you're pregnant, everywhere you look, there are pregnant women. Or you buy a red car, everywhere you look, there's a red car because your focus and your awareness is on that particular thing so when you shift your awareness onto something like money where does my money go um, you really become much more conscious of your spending and yes by having a money diary over and not just a week girls it takes 30 days to change a habit so do it for a month do it for at least a month if not six weeks start to uh you know you've got to keep keep it up because after a week you just get bored and anyway giving yourself a month or six weeks gives you a much better picture of your spending. Um, After a while, you will be able to see where your money goes. I I was doing a session with a girl the other day, and it turns out she was buying two cups of coffee a day. Um, Now, if you look, what's a cup of coffee? Four bucks or something? That's eight dollars, so that's... And that was every day seven eight you know that's a lot of money just to be spending on coffee, and even though she was saying oh it's just a couple of cups of coffee when you actually looked at it and and saw just how mm-hmm. much it actually was going out of her, her out of her out of her account every mm-hmm. week she's now sent me an email and said i have you know cut it down to one and hopefully she'll you know, bring coffee from home. I had a, a number, another client who said, oh, well, I know exactly how much I spend at Woolies each week and she was doing that. And then when she got her partner to do it as well, it turns out that every night... She said, oh, I don't spend a lot of money on groceries. And I said, well, how much do you spend? She said, oh, a couple of hundred bucks a week. And, you know, here's my Woolworths docket. But what she was doing was ringing her husband who was traveling home in the evening and saying, oh, darling, can you just nip into the shop and buy a, 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 you know, a pint of milk? And, of course, he'd go in and he'd buy a packet of chocolate biscuits and maybe this and a loaf of bread and blah, blah, blah. And it turned out that they were spending three times as much on their family, um, on their food than she ever really was aware of because Mm -hmm. she didn't understand what he was spending as well so it really is about being conscious of your spending
0: okay so bringing awareness and putting it at the forefront of your mind basically what's in front of you you will see okay mm-hmm. uh, that's the way I, I the analogy i use as opposed to like you say you know just indiscriminate um, by the way spending now for somebody to 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 have that in the forefront